0: We appreciate you coming through. Uh, my name is Alex on the mic. I usually go by Kid Kezo. Uh, I'm also joined by my host Laquan here and to give you a little background on us, we are two Indiana born and raised kids who are hosting a podcast that, uh, we want to be a positive space for people that love music, anime, video games, and a sprinkle of pop culture here and there. So, uh, we really appreciate you coming out, especially as someone who is a prominent black creative nowadays and is doing great work and you fit everything for the Blurs is about and we're excited to uh, get to know you a little bit and speak about the work you've done on uh raising Dion season two.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Super dope. Look forward to talking to y'all, man.
0: Absolutely. Uh so I just wanted to start off just kind of general, uh just a little bit about your background. Like I said before, we're from Indiana, uh, Midwest through and through all about the bonfires, sports and uh, long winter sledding and all that good stuff. So just want to get to know you a little bit and uh, have our audience get a chance to know you outside of social media or a couple roles
1: uh, that they might've seen you in. Yeah. um, Well, I'm from Chicago. I was born in Chicago, Illinois, and I went to school there and then in high school, I went to, um, I moved to Springfield, Illinois, just like kind of close and basically spent a lot of time there, finished high school there, you know, um, did real normal kind of stuff. You know, I didn't, uh, didn't study acting in school. Didn't, didn't really even know what that was, to be honest. Mm. Um, I just played basketball. That was it. And, uh, you know, it was till after I graduated high school that I discovered acting, discovered arts and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, after a couple of years being out of high school, I was still trying to get into college, and I finally did get a scholarship to play basketball in college. But you know, it came at the same time where I had to decide whether or not I was going to pursue acting. Mm. Um, And so I made a decision here in LA, obviously. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the time, it was it was a hard decision to make because that's the only thing I had ever wanted. But I just knew that the shelf life of an actor and an athlete were very different. And, uh, um, made a decision to move out to L.A. I think like a year after that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really just jumping, doing, you know, time jumps. There's a lot that's happening between those times. But, um, you know, I really feel like my decision to move to LA or decision to pursue acting or, or even to make a decision at all, I think uh, was, was uh, the fork in the road. And I think all of us in our lives, we have those kind of moments where we have to make a decision, like mm-hmm. have to choose, you know? Um, and it was like either making this left or making this right would have really changed my life in, in a very drastic way. Um, and so I decided not to go to college. I had went through the whole process of, you know, getting um, my letter of intent, you know, talk to the coach and and we were super cool. And all of a sudden it was kind of like just had to get out of it. And first thing I did was, you know, I had to call my coach because we had became real cool. He kind of he gave me a chance, you know, to play in college and nobody else did. You know, in high school, I was good in college. I mean, high school, I was I was a good player, but I hurt myself. So I didn't. Have any scholarships coming out of high school, mm-hmm. and so I was devastating. I was like, "Damn, I had no plan B." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, he gave me a chance, so I knew I owed him that to, to talk to him about it. And so initially, I told him, "I'm like, man, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to tell you this, but I can't play." And he was like, "Why?" Well, my first reaction was to lie, so I just told him, "You know, um, you know, I, I, I got nowhere to live." I said, "Listen, I got nowhere to." live. Mm you know i got, i gotta to move to wisconsin which is where my family was at the time he's like don't worry about it we'll move you with, with a couple of guys on the team I'm like Shit. <laughs> you know next thing i thought of like man because it was it never occurred to me that you know becoming an actor was a real possibility and i didn't even believe in myself at that point so i didn't even want to tell anybody or tell him right um, so next thing after that i was like what can i say to make sure he like don't have a rebuttal and I'm like, man, you know, my mom, she ain't doing too good. <laughs> I feel bad about that. <laughs> he was like, man, you know, uh, he's like, damn. He's like, well, if anything changes, man, you let me know. And the next thing I had to do is I had to write a letter um, to the president of school mm-hmm. that I had already gotten uh, funding from the scholarship. And so basically, they had to retract all of that. And I had already been put in classes. And so I had to write him a, long, I wrote him a long email. And I basically just told him, like, man, I really feel like, you know, I'm destined to be great. I want to move to LA and be an actor. And I just really just laid it all out there. And he said, "I don't know you, but um, I believe you." Like I don't know why, but you know, normally we, this is money coming taken out of the school. You know what I mean? And so he allowed me to to back out of my my my, um, my scholarship without having to pay the thousands of dollars that you know that were sent to the school. And initially at that point, I was just like, all right, well, I made my decision. And at that point, it was just building to get to where I am now, which is at least to move out here. I had no expectations other than that at the time.
0: Wow. No, that is a fantastic story. Uh, We both can absolutely relate to being high school athletes, minding your business, Uh, you know, having to choose where you want to go, especially as someone who's a creative. I grew up drawing, uh, doing graphic arts, all that kind of thing. And. Uh, football was important to me, but just like you, uh, my senior year, you know, no scholarships, had an injury, had to decide, like, is it time to, you know, put the lace the cleats back up or focus on the arts? And, uh, man, it's incredible to hear that you took a risk like that and ended up paying off. Um, I guess my follow-up question would be, seeing as sports was such a big part of your life, um, during the crossroads, what parts of sports may be helped you see uh, yourself more in the, the way of an actor or the influences around you, what kind of pushed you uh, right
1: or left in the crossroads? Yeah. Uh, just uh, like I said, at the time basketball is really all I knew. And so mm. until I discovered acting and discovered music and, you know, finishing high school, that was, you know, when you're in high school, that's that's what that's what you think life is, you know? Like, you got your friends, you're like, man, I'm going to know these people forever. You know, I'm hooping. I'm, this is what it's going to be for me. and you know, I want to continue this into the next chapter of my life. And so there was no other option to be like, all right, well, I want to do something different. Um, mm. But when I stumbled upon acting, I had the opportunity uh, for it to be introduced to me. Um, it was just something I was naturally gifted at. And I just knew that um, that I could play basketball anywhere. <laughs> you know mm. what and funny enough um to kind of segue from that i uh recently so my brother plays basketball currently okay he's in asia right now he's a pro basketball player um, you know he's much taller than me you know he like six five six six yeah um he uh he went to a school here in, in um, california and he had no school to go to and the school kind of gave him a chance to play and. He ended up playing really well for that season, and for that point, got to you know go to the G League and do a bunch of other stuff. And that same school um, has seen me play because I still hoop, you know, I still hoop competitively. I played uh, with the best, you know, um, Kyrie, Melo, all these guys. I played with them, and the coach seen me play, and he said, "Man, you ever think about you know going to, going back to college and playing?" I was just like, "Nah, it never occurred to me." He's like, "Man, we really love to have you." come play with us. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm in the middle of production, I'm filming a bunch of shit. <laughs> and there was a point where he, he just kept hitting me like, yo, were your, your transcripts, like he really wanted me to play and I was thinking to myself, like, I'm really about to do this. <laughs> and so I'm currently on the roster right now. We just had a game like last week. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and so I have been oh, playing man. this game. It's a division one in a IA team. Mm-hmm. and you know it's an experience that i never thought that i would have the opportunity to have you know i just thought it was over like no way and so i've been playing with this king this team and, it, and it's in itself it's just a whole experience that's separate from any other part of my life you know like these guys i'm playing with um some of them knew what i did for a living some of them didn't you know but i'm yeah. coming at the end of the season you know i'm yeah, i got we had like ten games left by the time I got there, and it was just—it was just super crazy to, to implement myself into what that what what that would have been for me if I had done it years ago. You know, I'm yeah. traveling with the team. You know, we getting you know getting something to eat after <laughs> after the game. I'm going to practice when I'm not filming. Uh, you know, I'm doing everything that these guys are doing, and so it's just really amazing to see it come full circle like that. Uh, to be able to play in front of fans and be able to play in front of, you know, uh, people and play on a on a real team, a real college team, you know, we'll literally Google my name and stats will come up from basketball. And that's something I never had, you know, uh, I mean, oh, obviously, it'll, come up. it'll be hard to find it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm just enjoying that ride. And, and, and man, you know, I didn't even think about documenting it or just shouting it to the world or anything. But I do think it's, it's an anomaly. It's very. Um, cohesive to what how my life goes, you know, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting like this really came full back, you know, full circle and I'm like actually hooping still That
0: is amazing um, It's always good to know that your passions don't always have to be lost even mm-hmm. if you see, you know, where you're ending up in life, you should always keep some form of what you love uh, even for me, I've debated eventually getting into coaching someday, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool that, you know, you kept basketball alive, if not just mentally. And it's, uh, it's proving fruitful. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to transition into, uh, raising Dion a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. we both did our homework and checked out all of season two and did some season one refreshing and debating on our favorite scenes and all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) I think I'll, um, open up with what are some of your favorite moments from either season
1: um, yeah. or just being part of the experience? Yeah, so, I mean, Raising Dion is just such a special show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, I mean, Netflix doesn't have any other show like it. There's not really shows out there like it in particular, you know, where you have, you know, this young black boy is the centerpiece of the show. Um, and also his mom being there was a single black mom. And the one thing I, Before I get into my favorite scenes, the one thing that really drew me to the show was obviously the the supernatural aspect of it is is something that as an actor, you want to be able to do like you want to have have these things. Right. But everything is grounded in real fundamental values and real fundamental um, relationships. And I think that's important because the show could be very um, it could have come off very cheesy. It could have come off like uh, if if the storylines were built around just the supernatural aspect i don't think it would have the impact that it's had Uh, but what we're watching is that this kid who has powers but also his mom still needing to work still still trying to maintain a healthy love life you know him still trying to integrate himself with his friends um them still going to uh, school and you know just that aspect of it makes it universal and i think that's why kids and even adults uh, they like it they draw to it because if although it's powers and stuff it doesn't feel out of the realm of possibility where you watch it and go man that that happened to me before you know kids are watching it and seeing themselves in it which is amazing um but my favorite scene um is uh between uh tevin and and dion at the at the lake Mm -hmm. uh when he's skipping rocks (laughs) and uh josiah that's my little guy man you know we we kicked it a lot off screen um i had never had opportunity to work with a kid before a child, you know, actor for this longer period of time. I've worked with him before, but not to this extent. And so uh, I was interested to see how he would be, you know, and, and you know, this business can kind of conform you to be almost like robotic and kind of lose your adolescence if you're somebody like him um, and leading your show on, on your own show on Netflix, you're on the cover, man. You know, it's like sometimes that corrupt or, or at least allow kids to, to lose that childlike you know lens that they have and it was interesting with deci- I mean, he really didn't like he, he was he was a kid I offset and on set you know so we would yell cut I mean this boy would be throwing rocks he'd be he'd be jumping and picking up sticks and doing everything and he kept he kept the set really really fresh you know and young and uh he made work and fun and and so but there were some challenges you know working with him because he still is a kid. He's still like, he wants to go do other stuff. He wants to have fun. And, uh, you know, all the adults are like, we need you to do this, you know? So I had to come up with a way to get him to focus. Um, we would have to focus for long periods of time. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, our bodies don't know we're acting, you know, our minds don't, you know, we, we're, we are actors, but we are still human. So him, his tendencies were still to not be, to be distracted, to be thinking about other things. and. You know, what we would do before, I I would notice him kind of being distracted. And I would just tell him like, man, you know, it's time to lock in. You know, I'll use a little, you know, metaphor. I'd be like, it's time to lock in. He'd be like, let's lock in. And like, that's what we would always do. I would get him to focus instead of telling like focus or like, you know, what you would do typically to somebody else. Um, And we just, you know, we had a great bond. I think that, that showed in that scene, even, you know, when we were talking, because that's the first time he had even talked to, Deon about his dad even remotely. Um, and they don't really mention him that much in the season, you know, um, his dad, when he was such a focal point of last season. And I just love Ted's approach, man. I love that he didn't really take an authoritative approach. Like he didn't try to be his dad. You know, he was just trying to be somebody for him. Uh, someone that, that could give him a perspective because he's older, because he had been through things um as you would do with anybody that you care about so I, I just love the dynamic it, it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like um you know this is the making of like father-son thing it was just like mm-hmm. we enjoyed them together and they're a duo together that you don't you like you kind of like seeing them together you know even when they when they race each other and they're, and they're you know playing and there's lessons being taught in between all that stuff um but I will say when moment when tevin turns a little bit because braden is in his head yeah and uh, i really wanted to push the envelope on that i remember talking to the writers about it like man i got to y'all got y'all to gotta give me an evil tevin y'all got to like you know <laughs> i'm like because yeah he he he's in his head and he he puts the shield up because he knows that he can't control uh his powers and so he's throwing these orbs at him but the shield is there um and so Dion is running. And I was like, We need to do we need to do a scene where an episode where I'm trying to look for him, but as like evil Tevin. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that would have been super dope because we know I tell Tevin, this, this guy is just such Mr. Perfect Guy. He never makes the wrong decision. And to see him, I would have just felt like that would have been such a cool, you know, aspect. But you know, they, they just said, Yeah, we like it, but we ain't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> we get that shooting. that. So but I really like that scene. No, my yeah, heart would have broke.
2: Kind of, uh anticipating that like chase scene.
1: yeah i wanted that a little bit more <laughs> just a little bit more not, not too much I, he was never gonna get to dion but maybe a little showdown between dion and tevin would have been dope man you know yeah. dion, Dion's strong man he would have he held his own
0: no that's yeah, great I, you um, mentioned that on my notes i had a uh, who you got uh tevin versus dion 1v1 that was in my I notes mean. too so that's funny you're thinking about that
1: yeah,
0: 1v1 yeah
2: it's good to hear about your uh relationship with dion how did um how was it kind of curating that you know um I've seen that you have a daughter as well so being a father um in this kind of mentor role did that influence your character building at all
1: uh yeah for sure I mean just inadvertently uh you know subconsciously um but yeah I mean I wanted to just approach Josiah as an individual as himself you know and respect him as as an actor but also yeah he's, he's a kid but like. I, I got respect for him because he puts a lot of work in and, and he brings it when he needs to. And, um, you know, I, I think some some people in my position would have approached it a bit differently, maybe would have tried to like, maybe hold his hand through, you know, or or kind of inadvertently like we do this thing where for adults and there's kids, we, we try to like guide them in when they don't really need guiding. And so I just allowed him to, even in, even on the show and in real life, you know, I'd be there for him but um but also just be you know a good a good male figure for him too Mm -hmm. you know um outside of the show and so we still talk you know we still text you know I was on the live with them the other day they've been asking me to get on there like you want to get on here with a couple of the kids man I'm like yeah because I go in the comment section I'm like what's up y'all and they're like Tap into here. Let's let's get them on. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll hop on there, you know, <laughs> and say what's up. You know, they're doing their own their their own thing. You know, the kids themselves about marketing the show, which I think is super dope. Um, because that's that's the audience right there. You know, that's the fan base. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think something the show really does well is balance uh, mature or adult concepts, or bring them in a way that literally anybody could turn this on and grasp something uh, large from it. And I remember season two, one of my favorite moments was, um, you know, Nicole was trying to explain to Dion why exactly the principal ain't messing with him and some mm-hmm. preconceived notions he might have about him. And, you know, as an adult, yeah, yeah. it clicks one thing, but in somebody more close to the age of these characters, the kids might get a better concept of these things, too. And I think the, yeah. that is like what you were saying earlier, the show does things that others don't, is find that balance of not being cheesy and Uh, still getting a message across and, but also being fun too. Um, And that that brings me to another question. Uh, How much crossover do you think uh, you have with Tevin just as a character uh, just in your, in your life?
1: Um, Yeah, I think a lot of the roles I play, I I feel a bit of a connection or, you know, myself and those characters, I think. The thing with with Tevin is that we, we really, only got to discover a, a little bit about wh- you know who he is and kind of how he got there. Right. Just right. in those conversations, we just didn't have the time to go into to having backstory. Um, we st- I I don't even know how he got powered. You know, I'm still yeah. uh, we're still we don't I haven't discovered that. I mean, I don't know if he. I mean, obviously he had to have been there. You know, when this thing had happened. Um, but but we just mentioned like him having you know, past life with a wife and just somebody he used to be someone different. And I mean, always relate to that. You know, we always learn from our mistakes and try to grow and shit like that. And that's what I take from him. Um, but I also think that the thing about Tevin is that I don't think I, I think sometimes I, it's easy to look at him and go, um, he feels like he always makes the right decision but i think that it's more calculated i think it's more of a trial and error thing i think it's like you know he has done similar things in his past to let him hear and now he's making the right decisions in in situations that maybe he kind of been in already um and i kind of relate to that you know um but yeah there's, there's a lot of he, he's a he's a great character to play i mean I'm, for for as an actor you want to play someone that's complex but this is a character i'm I'm okay with playing because I think I could have played him a couple of different ways. I think I could have just made him real cookie cutter. I try to make him a real person. And, you know, um, although we didn't see a lot of flaws when you did, you know, um, I think people kind of recognize that like, Oh, so he has anxiety. Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. he's dealing with other, other things outside of just being this trainer dude, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I liked Tevin, uh, as soon as I seen him, like the first introduction with the uh, frappe machine. Mm -hmm. And it was like, (laughs) you know, oh, I got you. And there's like this little tension with all your power. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, you don't get to use my powers either.
1: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that character development in that first scene. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, you know, with me and Alicia, uh, we hadn't met until we got there. You know, we Zoomed. so our first time meeting was really in that scene. (laughs) you know we had talked before but you know our first time really talking was really in that scene when we meet and it's just kind of ironic that that's the first scene that we had together sometimes we shoot out of order uh but that was our very first scene that we had
2: yeah i think it helped a lot i think it like really had that built-in tension Mm -hmm. and hey who is this random person i'm meeting and
1: (laughs) right yeah
0: yeah i think my favorite uh quote from tevin uh it was either on the lake or earlier with dion and uh he had mentioned that it takes a village and yeah they really caught me because like you know most of us are familiar with that phrase or that idea but i think the mentorship uh from the women in the show and then later on with tevin i think that was such a huge part of what this show is and um i guess my question is how much did uh, that phrase mean to you just as everything culminates and uh you've come to this point in your career uh how much did the village matter to you do you feel like you're building a good village for those you have to take care of that sort of thing
1: yeah um yeah i think um universally uh i i just know for people that that are like me grew up how i did um the village was you know my mom the village was my brothers and sisters you know um not really a, a really great structured home, you know, and I think that there's some sort of uh, connective tissue with with creators and uh, this this void that I feel like they have growing up that drives them to be creative and to want more, because I think if you have it already, you know, I don't know if you push far enough to, to get where I am, if you already have it. And so I think, you know, growing up, the village with we people around me to this encourage the stuff I wanted to do, but a lot of it was just self-motivated. And you really kind of have to be there when you don't have like one of your parents, you know, mm. or if you just have one that works a lot, you know, and the other one you don't see as much, you know, or if you have a big family and you're not one that is special at anything, you got to figure it out, you know. And I just think in nature, um, black people in general just had to figure it out and so and that just shows you like a lot of our prominent athletes uh prominent creators that people love in our culture are are people of color black you know Mm -hmm. um that really are culture shifters um that come from backgrounds that are all very similar you know what i mean like even you know lebron james who was one of the uh, like my favorite basketball players you know him not having his dad around him you know feeling driven to to be somebody because of of his circumstance. And I think that's what makes your breaks uh, people. Cause we all want stuff, you know, we all wanna go after things, but there's always gonna be forks in the road and things that aren't gonna come out how we think. Um, but like I said, it's this, it's this ability to just figure it out that we've just always done. Even if it's the smallest thing, you know, like figuring out, damn, I need to be here, but I gotta be here at the same time. Like these things you have to keep figuring out you know, you'd be surprised. It's not a common common trait that people have. You know, a lot of people struggle with figuring it out because they've always had it figured out for them. Um, and so this idea of having a village is just everybody with a common goal, you know, for you to be happy in whatever that is, um, if that's being successful in this or that, you know, but to at least know what that is so the people around you can help you get there. And I think with Dion, you know, they, they really did surround him um, with very, very healthy relationships, you know, um, his, his aunt, his mom, obviously Tevin, um, even his friends, you know, they had their, their own circle of, what they call it, circle of justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that they had that, and, and he, he has, like, we see these issues Dion goes through, but he doesn't have any fundamental issues, you know, he's, he's having supernatural issues. Which I think is great. You know, we're not seeing like him being neglected by his mom or like mm-hmm. showing him in this trauma state. You know, we're showing him taking these these obstacles on and really thriving, doing well. Um, which is great to see. You know, I feel like a lot of shows in this position you see actor or not actors, but like stories being told through a position of trauma. Um and it relates this kind of you know ideology that, you know, we only get to be great in these kind of storylines where it's like the characters, if they're a person of color or black, they're going through shit, you know, because of them being who they are. And this show isn't about that. Um, and, and I think that's super dope.
0: Yeah, that's, man, a uh, perfect answer. I've been curious about this literally since uh, <laughs> I saw that moment in the show. I was like, man, this has to mean yeah. something to him too. So sure. uh, that was really yeah. great. And I think for our, uh, little bit of time we have left here. I just kind of want to do a rapid fire kind of mini yeah. version of our podcast. So over the course of like an hour and a half, we'll talk about music, anime slash TV and then mm-hmm. video games towards the end. So yeah. uh, I just kind of wanted to introduce you to our show for this last bit of uh, time and uh, just ask you what you've been listening to lately and okay. uh, what you jam out to, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I listen to a lot of different music, uh, obviously R&B, I, I, do, I make R&B, I do music, so that's something I, I definitely listen to, like Summer Walker, um, you know, Chris Brown. Um, I like the 90s stuff too, though, I'll just put like a 90s playlist on too. Um, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to really covering 90 music, I don't know why, but I just feel like the essence of that music is like not around anymore. You know, we, we have so much technology now. Like, like you remember watching films back in the '90s and 2000s, early 2000s. Like, they don't, you can't even make those kind of films anymore. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have the, we had less back then, which made the films what they were. And now we have more, so now it's like way too many graphics, way too many. You know, yeah. you know, when I go watch a, a movie like, uh, like a Scarface or something, like they they can't make that movie now like you know how many explosions and like things that would take away <laughs> from the actual storyline uh-huh. you know that mm-hmm. was serving. and so i, I like that the kind of nostalgic um aspect of art you know so i, I like that but i I, mean, I listen to a lot of rap too i listen to you know Lil dirt little baby i'm actually a big young boy fan too people don't know that about me i know okay. a lot and be young boy <laughs> yeah. that's dope that's dope a lot of people don't know that it's like wait, are you listening yeah well like yeah <laughs> who changed no, that's it that's them too yeah and uh
0: where can we find some of your your covers and stuff you kind of slid that I mean, in there but i'm yeah. like wait where where are you at What's with it on
1: youtube you know I got, I got music out i got music on spotify and apple music and stuff like that everywhere you find your artist at, yeah
0: bet uh definitely gonna check that out too uh so more on i guess what you what you've been watching lately or are you into anime or any of
1: that kind of mm-hmm. stuff at all or i do i'm really fascinated with anime um it's i'm i'm really <laughs> locked in on a couple of shows i'm watching but it. I do, you know, I'm putting a list together of shows I'm trying to watch for anime. And uh, if y'all, if y'all want to definitely make one for me and send it to me, I'm down. You know, I, I want to put time in to, to be more involved in that because I, I just think it's amazing. And the culture around it is very strong and uh, universal. Like people watch anime everywhere. Um, but I, let me think. But yeah, I do like anime. What am I watching right now? i you know i watched ozark I was, I was i'm a fan of that show nice yeah um good show let me think other than that i mean i'm i'm watching a couple of series here and there but like not anything that's really i've finished a lot of series and once i finish it it's like over but i do have a list of films that i've watched and actors in it that i'm really like impressed with like tick tick boom you know i wrote down that the other day andrew garfield oh okay yeah nominated for an Oscar. He was amazing in that um there was another film um, with Bradley Cooper. It's called. Uh, it just came out. Um, something Alley. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a film that's out currently. He was amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I saw Spider Man too. Super fan. Super now. huge fan of Spider Man. Huh? Was it Nightmare Alley? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was a long movie, but man, it was a really amazing film. Um, and i really love spider-man the last film man like the one that came out recently i just think the fact they got william defoe to come back um okay. yeah Goblin yeah, was just was such a clutch i mean that movie he made that movie he grounded it he made mm-hmm. it you know he made it really what it was um he brought a levity he brought a sense of like urgency and levity to it that i feel like we really don't see a lot in like in superhero movies which is why you know certain directors kind of discredit it and don't look at it as cinema, um, but I mean, I mean the cast was incredible. You know, we got everybody, in, everybody's favorite is in there: Tobey Maguire, you know, Andrew Garfield, you know, Jamie Foxx. Everybody's in it, so I really did love the performances in that. I like Doom; but that was dope film. Yeah, um, which is hard. Awesome. Some of these big blockbuster films aren't just like good. You know, like the storytelling is kind of like whatever and then all the production value like they never get nominated for best picture they get nominated for like you know best costume you know what i mean because right. they put all the effort in but i've been really impressed with these past couple of films i've been watching and you know i play call of duty you know that's it besides that you know i'm on there with my brother whenever i can because he's he's in asia so he's like a day ahead of me so it's like 3 a.m for me it's like 7 p.m for him or something like that so i gotta yeah. stay up and catch him yeah that's dope man
0: yeah um so you get a phone call to do either a superhero film or a voice act uh your dream role what would you uh like to be in whether it be like a video game adaptation or another spider-man film where would you like to be as far as continuing this like superhero supernatural route
1: yeah you know i'm i'm really uh manifesting a. my, my spot in to the MC universe like I yeah. want, you know I'm trying to figure out what works for me I want I want in you know what I'm saying I think uh they gotta let me in man you know it's it's time
0: <laughs> um,
1: but yeah I mean that's as an actor we have those kind of bucket list things we're like man we really want to be in that or um but yeah that's something I definitely definitely want to do I don't, I don't know what character it would be it's always it's always crazy to me that um a lot of fans of of the films will like fan cast me in certain you know roles and i'm just like y'all keep doing that you know they, yeah <laughs> keep doing that man show them. yeah twitter is powerful man
0: um it is. i know at one point you were just the human heartthrob on twitter but it's nice to see you back in more roles and get to know you a little better and uh yeah Shoot. Well, uh when the when the Nets call you yeah. pick it up, man. <laughs> so, <I> got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh that's our time though. Uh I appreciate you stopping by and letting us pick your brain a little bit. Um it was great to get to know you a little bit more and I can't wait to see uh what you got in store going forward.
1: Likewise. Yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited to continue and see we'll see what Netflix does with, with raising Dion and they want to bring it back for a third season. Absolutely.